Hello, and welcome to episode 179 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie somebody has never seen before and talk about the good, the bad, and the four corners. This week we're going to be talking about The Craft, which Matthew hasn't seen, on your Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board podcast. Okay, so before we have any discussions on this, everyone listening, everyone at home, on your commute, washing up, doing your laundry, whatever you're doing right now, just say the title of the film to yourself. Say it out loud. People in all four corners of the world, how do you say it? Because you're going to hear it a number of different ways during (laughs) this uh, recording. Because we say the craft and you say the craft. It's the craft. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds weird when you say craft. <laughs> it's the craft, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can't, don't, don't I can't not say the man at the end. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> it's weird. We're doing a craft, y'all. Oh, don't do that, Matthew. <laughs> Bless your crafty heart. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the craft. That is how you would pronounce that over in the UK. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Well, no, but this is the thing. It's not. Catherine and I had a long conversation about it because she has no idea how she says it. <laughs> and that's why I want everyone to do it before they hear us. How does she say it? Well, she probably says the craft. Okay. Maybe a, lo- maybe a little bit less liverpudly than that. I know she's like mocking me now. Um, what? But in theory, it's the craft for someone from the north of England. What the, I mean, but that's- also... She- also, she spent like ten years with me. So okay, fair enough. <laughs> to, to, and and lots of other Southerners talking about stitchcraft and hobbycraft right. and yeah. knitting and all of that stuff. Andy crafts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Interesting. All right. Well, you have heard her lovely voice laughing at us this week. We are joined by repeat guest and friend of the pod, Rachel. Rachel was with Yay. us way back in I think 2018 to talk about the Incredibles. Yep, that sounds right. It was a long and, time ago. And then um I think early ish nineteen, we talked about Willow. Oh, we did. I completely forgot that we even talked so about this. So this is show. my yearly visit, I guess. Yeah. Well, welcome back. What are you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um kind of a you know interesting confluence of events because i think i saw i think someone responded to your tweet from last year and mm-hmm. i didn't realize that it was a tweet from like 11 months ago oh, okay. and i said oh whenever you talk about the craft i would love to talk about it <laughs> and that, apparently that, you know, that was like what two days ago yeah it's yeah. like oh my god are you psychic because <laughs> we have apparently schedule you know just just one of my gifts thing yeah pops up but yeah i mean it's a nice opportunity to talk about a movie that i love that i enjoy immensely i've seen this movie many 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 times did you see (laughs) it in the the theater did you see it back in 96 when it came out or were you still too young no i didn't see it in 96 when it came out because i was so i was well i guess we were what in high school Mm-hmm. But I was still, you know, in my shelter. I was still in my sheltered phase. 
Yeah, I wasn't allowed to go see it. it exactly. Yeah. I, I honestly don't think that I was aware of it at that time. Okay. Um, so I probably saw it, uh, you know, three or four years later, probably, at a friend's house, most likely. And then it's just one of those ones that I've watched at least once a year, probably. Okay. <laughs> at least. That is more than me. I own it, um, but I haven't watched it that frequently. But I have seen it many, many times. I also did not watch it in the theaters, um, partly because I wouldn't have been allowed to, and partly because this is actually something I wanted to talk about um, in our conversation. This movie was released as rated R, even though it very strictly followed all of the PG-13 guidelines. Oh, um, the theory is that the Motion Picture Association of America thought that witchcraft in women was dangerous. And so they still refused to make it less than anything rated R. So a rated R movie about girls doing witchcraft when I was 14 was not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> so that, I definitely that makes didn't see sense. Because I, I actually thought maybe... So when I was watching it, I watched it again yesterday. I wondered if, obviously the witchcraft, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it was also, there was still some holdover of that satanic panic Mm -hmm. from the 80s. Um, But also the the suicide attempt, because they, and it's my understanding that you are not allowed to show the quote-unquote correct way to slit your wrists on television Mm -hmm. like which is why in like tv shows like teen tv shows especially they'll be like oh yeah i tried and it's always the cuts are going horizontal horizontal instead of vertical Mm -hmm. because they're you can't show it on television under a certain rating so i I assumed that perhaps that was the same i mean i assume that there's some correlation between that and movie ratings Mm -hmm. i was like well obviously you know rated r and above probably just you know do whatever but yeah it's a thing they often talk about with the censorship and and the ratings of things like showing the mechanics of something Mm -hmm. right will always treat you down hard they they say particularly for sex things when you can actually see not even see stuff going on but the you know positions there in a way they're doing things is you right. know, very obvious what's going on mm-hmm. yeah i would imagine this is the same thing but you know the mpaa is a secretive cabal hoarding their power and their things between themselves so they right. can take a flying leap frankly <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah so, so let's keep going. talking accents Keep talking accents. Not, <laughs> Let's not, not get into this. <laughs> I also love this movie. Um, I have always, always been drawn to the paranormal and the supernatural. Um, even, actually, probably especially when it was forbidden. Right? I mean, I grew yeah. up with Buffy and Charmed were my favorite shows in high school. Um, but by the time I got to high school, some of that strict fundamentalism had lifted a little Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also a very clear delineation in my house about what was fictional and what wasn't. And so that's why I was allowed to right. watch Charmed, for example, right. or read Harry Potter. Although my mother has told me that if she had known about Harry Potter when I was younger, she would not have let me read it. 
Well, that yeah, I mean, it was pretty similar in my house as well. I know when, you know, whenever Harry Potter first came out, you know, we were definitely not allowed to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I watched, I did watch some of Buffy when it was airing, but it I wasn't necessarily like allowed to. I didn't really ask. <laughs> you know, it was kind of at that <laughs> point I just kind of do it when I felt like it, but. Yeah, I mean, the rules had kind of loosened, but it was more of I'm just not going to ask, and if I get caught, hopefully it's not you know too bad of an episode right, in right. the situation. But and and you know similarly, you know Mandy, I think yeah, I've I've been interested in you know occult stuff since forever, mm-hmm. and I will say yeah, probably especially when I was explicitly not supposed to be. Yeah. I can remember buying books from the bookstore and having to hide them from my mom Mm -hmm. because God, if she had caught me with some of those books, it would have been really bad. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I definitely hit a lot of library books, which I think is kind of funny because I'm fairly certain that if my mom had asked to see, you know, like my checkout record from the library, they would have had to show her. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure she was too busy, which is one of the one of the perks of having a large family. She was right. just like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. I just don't have time. But as long as another sister is always playing up, you're okay. Is that the <laughs> Yes, actually I mean that's definitely has something to do with it. <laughs> there, were, there were a few to choose from, nice. so I just kind of yeah. did my but- own thing. Witches are just so part of the culture over here, and and even thinking back, and we've got shows like the and books, the Worst Witch, and Simon and the Witch, and like things for kids that are like, hey, witches, witches are cool and fun, and let's have fun with them. Was yeah. that true Such even when you were thing. growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I remember reading and then enjoying the Worst Witch on like audiobook, and then they made a TV show of it, and there's a new TV show of it. I vaguely remember a show about, or maybe a movie about the worst witch. I think it was the movie because mm. Fruzabok was in that too. Okay. Um, I think it was a but, movie. and But it really wasn't prevalent here until after the craft. Like the craft mm-hmm. was kind of the springboard for witchcraft to be mainstream yeah, so. pop culture. Well, I feel like, Matthew, in, and maybe as this is like all of Europe, but specifically in the UK, um, like occult and christian religions have kind of existed side by side and been Mm. fine like for longer we were just um over the over our lockdown period we watched pretty much all of midsummer murders Mm. and i was a little bit surprised how often you know spiritualism would pop up Mm. and it was just kind of like oh there's a crystal shop and everyone's like eh whatever and like the vicar's there and they're like it's not a big deal and i was just like and it in some even some of the earlier seasons which is you know the 90s and early 2000s it's like in the united states you would not have that they're just completely separate things you have an occult show or book if there's christian representation it is always you know opposed to Mm. like they they cannot exist in the same space and right, and I I think that that does feel like a very, you know, American kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's you know, we're very you know Christian fundamental. So if you have anything, do not trust the other. Well, and even just even you know, depending on where you're at, um, 
you know, if you're a Christian, you don't like Catholics because that's too spiritualist. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. a, it's a really <laughs> mm. interesting. I mean, it's very different. I think it's definitely. Of course, a I'm, very I'm different saying religion. this, and I'd be remiss of not saying. Of course, Terry Pratchett wrote a series of hugely popular witch books. Yeah. With with the proper witches of like oh yeah we're the ones who deliver babies and look after people in the area and so on like right right you know what people were burned for doing um, yeah mm. but it's all it, it, you know referencing Harry Potter is a very good thing because that is of course the school of wizardry and witchcraft mm-hmm. and it's that sort of mm-hmm. like it's fine it's good it's all above board yeah mm. so. Matthew, it's it's super clear that Rachel and I both really love this movie, and we've alluded to the fact that you're not a fan. So, what did you think about it? Do you remember what you thought this about it? This is the it? problem. I'm finding it really hard. Like, two days later, I can't even remember the film. <laughs> like, it just kind of happened in front of my eyes and was like, oh, it was a film. Okay. okay. So, it it didn't impact you at all. I, th- I think there's a couple of things going on. I was surprised by how low stakes it was. I thought it was going to be a kind of almost, you know, Witches of Eastwick or something of mm. like, oh, they're meddling in this dark power and suddenly the dark power's hunting them and they're having to deal with it. Like, almost, a, you know, more like a modern horror probably would take it to. And th- that it was actually, oh, I think, I think, uh, Abby on Twitter at this A Shaw said that her wife described it as it's kind of Heather's, but mm-hmm. with magic and no Christian Slater and to women, which like it, it is. It is so you know. I mean, the, the opening sequences is basically clueless <laughs> with a couple of you know Brecken Myers also there um, well, with yeah. a couple of spiritual things thrown in, and then it does become like a lot of other things about bullying, fitting in, finding your clique, not finding your clique. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So some of it might be, I was surprised it went to a different place than it went to. And I'm pretty sure I'm the wrong gender to have enjoyed this film. That's fair. As, I don't as, think you were the target audience. No, yeah. that that might be. So, um, oh, I should have had it up and ready. Uh, Anna MCG on Twitter made a really good comment about how, you know, very much it's, it's a sort of power fantasy mm-hmm. for girls in the 90s wanting to be an all-powerful witch which i i absolutely buy into you know i've got star wars and indiana jones and all sorts of things so awesome that there is this other film for other people just not for me i'm sorry i'm really sorry i read <laughs> a um a review on refinery 29 from 2018 and it they this woman rewatched it right after the brett kavanaugh hearings okay right oh and she kind of links back to it and let me see if i can find the quote i wanted so she was commenting on like roger ebert questioned the character's motivations he said what i've always wondered about supernatural characters in movies is why their horizons are so limited here are four girls who get outgrossed david copperfield in vegas and they limit their amazing powers to getting even and she writes, Ebert died in 2013, but had he lived to witness the outcome of the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, I suspect he might think differently. Too often, women feel powerless to change circumstances, political, social, financial, take your pick, that feel beyond their control. The craft presents a universe in which any slight could magically be made right, and in our current climate, that's an appealing prospect. It's no coincidence that in the aftermath of the sentence decision to confirm Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, my newsfeed was suddenly flooded with witch memes. 
And she goes on, you know, to talk about some more things, even going back mm-hmm. to um, Anita Hill testifying way back in the 90s mm-hmm. and things like that. So, she, But she just, she really talks about how this movie has such a huge message of female empowerment in a world mm-hmm. where women aren't empowered, mm. particularly in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, it was r- rare to see a movie that was like this. I mean, Heather's is close, I think, but Heather's, not all of the women are empowered, right? Sure. Not all sure. four Heather's yeah. are empowered mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and it's really only Winona Ryder's Heather that's empowered whenever she stops shady and still does what she does to yeah. school. Right. <laughs> but this, you have four, four women who are clearly all misfits. You know, three of them have been friends for a while. One's the newcomer. They come together and they find this amazing bond. And it's wonderful at the start. Granted, it goes to a very, very dark place by the end. But it's it's something that you just didn't really see. You have Clueless that came out that same year. And people have called this the anti-Clueless, and I hate that. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's, I think the difference is, is that Clueless showed, it showed me insight into a world that I wanted to see. And the craft showed me insight into a world that I wanted to experience. Okay. I feel like that's the difference between the two. Like, I wanted to be Sarah or Bonnie, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to have the kind of friendship that they had together. I wanted to feel that kind of closeness. I wanted to feel the strength and the power that they felt before they went dark and evil and tried to kill their friend. Um, and you don't get that. Like, in Clueless, before they would let... Oh, shit. What's her name? Brittany Murphy's character... Shay? I want to say Taj, but that's not right either. I don't remember her name. Ty? Ty. That's her name. Yeah. Before they let her be their friend, like, they had to do the whole makeover with her, right? They had to change who she was fundamentally Mm -hmm. before she was a cool one. And in the the craft, nobody had to change. They all were who they were, and their differences are what made them special. I I think in some ways it's... Like all the all the you know all the films are different, but it's that thing of a, a really good sort of coming of age teen or, mm-hmm. or, or even you know for younger kids film is that core lesson of hey everyone's dealing with their own stuff, mm-hmm. which is you know the the heart of any good story of that sort of thing, and this does it really really well. It does, uh, you know, and digging into their stories and showing some of the stories of the people around them and sort of like there's other things going on and once we see their lives fall apart what happens to them this kind of thing and then becomes a supernatural film at the end (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. it has to fall into the trappings of its genre a bit like we said with Shaun of the Dead yeah I mean it does I mean you're right there are kind of I feel like there are a lot of moving parts and Mm. and granted perhaps they don't all you know hit as well as they could but I think you know the core of like you said mandy they're they're all different none of them has to change who they are because sarah already has you know this power mm-hmm. but she hasn't had you know a real outlet for it or i was like a you know a safe place to explore that right and then you know she meets them i mean there definitely you know is an element of you know they're looking for a fourth mm-hmm. um, you know for their coven so you know they have 
you know, something to give each other. Mm. Um, and then also, of course, you know, well, they're teenage girls. So things happen, you know, <laughs> things happen, which is not, doesn't just happen with teenage girls, but that's kind of one of those tropes of, mm-hmm. you know, the high school movie. You're going to have some of that, you know, head butting and those personalities. And, and I think that is one of the things also, you know, that appealed to me probably the first time that I saw it was just that that nobody had to change who they were because again you know i wasn't you know i certainly wasn't attending any any catholic schools or <laughs> you know wasn't you know in with the cool kids by any by any stretch so that kind of you know misfits appealed to mm-hmm. me as well as that you know occult angle yeah i always wanted to find my own band of misfits in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I never really did. Like I had a best friend, but we weren't part of a larger group per se. Yeah. Like we were kind of on the edges mm-hmm. and, and she floated and I was the sidekick. Right. So I never got to experience what I saw in this movie and I always wanted to. And I think that was a big draw for mm-hmm. me. And then the witchcraft was the other yeah. big draw for me because <laughs> obviously the witchcraft I and then mean, they had powers yeah yeah they had powers i wanted to yeah. have powers i want to make a pencil spin on a desk right and change my hair color just by thinking about it <laughs> yeah um absolutely i think um the other thing that this movie did that i think a lot of the more teen movies particularly at that time didn't do was it tackles a lot of really big issues like it it talks about bullying and race like it's unapologetic in the way that it talks about racism and sexual assault and suicide and poverty and body issues and it's just all wrapped up into one but it doesn't feel like an after-school special and I think that's another reason why I like it you look like you disagree Matthew I mean, they're definitely there in the plot. I will completely agree with that. Does it does it talk about them and deal with them? I, I'm not sure. I, I think it is like, oh, yeah, she's bullied because she's not the same race as them. And that's bad. And then she turns bad because she's being bullied. And like she, um, Neve Campbell's character, whose name I can't remember, Bye. is like no, no one pays attention to her because she covers herself up. And then suddenly she's beautiful and she starts showing off as much skin as she can. I don't feel like there's ever a uh, morals too strong a word, but like a thing to that story. Oh, and then they get back what they visited on other people. Well, yes, that's well, how these films work. Yes, that's that's you should learn. You know, you come up at some point. <laughs> well, I mean, they did kind of. Um, I mean, physically, no, they they saw it in the mirror, but they didn't physically mm-hmm. get the three three times right mm. like Rochelle didn't lose yeah. her hair Bonnie didn't get her scars back but they lost yeah, their powers they didn't even actually get the thing <laughs> but they did lose their powers like they were right. punished there were consequences for what they did mm. and it was very clear I mean Nancy ended up in a mental institution for God's sake <laughs> definite consequences there. yeah I would I mean she I'd say you know you could even you know make the case that maybe she got back some of their stuff like you know because she was kind of you know at least at one point she was kind of focusing it you know she was Mm -hmm. focusing their power Mm -hmm. um you know that's at least kind of that was the impression that i that i got 
know, because right, you know, near the end when they're all at Sarah's house and, you know, all three of them are floating. And I, you know, for me, from, from just as straightly from a story perspective, um, you know, because we see when they do the, um, on the beach, you know, when Nancy gets all that power, mm-hmm. but we don't really see any specific incident incident where the other two girls get any, you know, anything like that specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when they're at Sarah's house and they're, you know, magic bullying her, I guess, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and they're all floating, like, you know, questions that I have, is that just Nancy's power? Is that their own power? Did they do another ceremony? Would that even have worked? Um, you know, so they got, I mean, they all got some power and then they lost it. But, you know, Nancy had, you know, a lot, you know, she, she was working with a lot of power, mm-hmm. which again is, I think, what rico- ricocheted back on her, which is why she's in a mental institution. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like that it had those elements in it of, you know, we're, we're trying to touch lots of different topics and everyone has a bit of a story going on and a, and a different thing to them. It's not like they're all the same or, you know, um, uh, like Mean Girls, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the two sidekicks don't really have their own stories. They're just kind of there. But, I, yeah, I'm not sure it actually comes to anything. It's just touching on those and saying, like, these exist and everyone has their own story going on. Okay. So, what would you have done differently? <laughs> you just wouldn't have made the movie, huh? <laughs> um, I think it is this thing that it tries to straddle the line of supernatural thriller and teen drama. Okay. And again, a little bit like Shaun of the Dead. It doesn't quite land. It's either on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. It doesn't straddle the line. And either go more into they unleash your power and they have to deal with it and they learn through dealing with it and defeating Manon gives them peace at last, something on those lines. Or into, and again, this just comes back to something like Mean Girls with the like sharing the book and what happens to everyone and we all, you know, everyone gets burned. Um, but that's how you learn from it. Okay. No, you know, no one comes out of this well, and we all have to go through a shared experience. Don't know. Okay. Hmm. So, it's like talking on on all this though, and the fact it's it is so well done for a female demographic. It's written and directed by men, and you know, certainly this is one of the things we talked about in in the month of films by women. It's like. Mm-hmm. Men don't often get it right and hit on the thing. And I think, I think from the sounds of it and from what I've read elsewhere, they did. I think so. Yeah. Mm. I think this one definitely did. I mean, there are some scenes, um, that are a bit male gazy. I saw in that Twitter thread, you know, talking about the, the power walk montage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I know it is fairly, it's very low male gaze compared to what it could have been, but you know, it's a little you, you nipply can, though. It's a little nipply. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is definitely. I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, ah, nipples. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. female director would have been like, let's do that again, but you just warm yourselves up first. <laughs> just, just, the pasties. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some, come on. But honestly, Whereas the, that... the male director's like, oh, something for the dads. Good. <laughs> you know. But I think that was the worst bit in it, mm, honestly. Agreed. I think the rest yeah. of it, because it focused on 
the friendship and it focused on taking back your power when a man has tried to take it from you in Sarah's case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that that particularly, I think the rape sequence and the way it deals with it is generally very good because mm-hmm. it is hard to watch how far it goes to without having to go there. Yeah. 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 Mm. I also thought it was interesting because I remember the first time I watched this movie, it did not go where I thought it was going to go. Okay. Like, it was like twist after twist. And the idea that a love spell would go to that place like blew teenage Mandy's mind Mm -hmm. because at that point I still believed in the fairy tale love spells where it's actually love. Right. Right. And this movie shows you the reality that it's not, it's, it's lust. It's making him do something against his will. And like to the point where that's all he can think about Mm -hmm. to where it pushes you to that point. Yeah. Um, it, certainly opened my eyes to there's more than just the fairy tale out there mm. and and in a nicely serious way mm-hmm. it's not the sort of buffy comedic oh they're all horny now right yeah you know yeah that's true and i think um like i mentioned i asked i asked my joe um you know like what because this is one of his favorite movies you know it has been you know since he watched it in high school because you know, he wasn't sheltered and could, you know, pretty much do whatever he wanted when he was in high school. Lucky him. But I asked him, you know, he's like, specifically, what are some of your favorite things? And one of his points was, you know, goes back to the, you know, great power and great responsibility line, which is you know, one of the biggest pop culture phrases. And there's mm-hmm. some good examples of that in this movie, you know, that it's, he it says it's, uh, it's demonstrated pretty well in the movie when you have that responsibility that that comes with that power, what happens when you misuse it versus what, what happens, you know, who has, who still has power at the end of the movie and how was she used? How did she use it versus who doesn't have the power and what happens to who's misusing the power? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, and also um, he likes that it showed not all witches are women in black with terrible feet. (laughs) (laughs) because witches are hot (laughs) yeah and they looked normal and helped remove stereotypes about devil worship and exterior appearances which i thought was interesting you know because and that's true i think from you know other movies like um the witches Mm -hmm. you know that's you know like Mm -hmm. the looking normal is 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 their glamour yeah yeah of of course there's another one like that is a kids book called the witches aimed at (laughs) but the witches are bad yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um speaking of witches i found it interesting that um they had an actual Wiccan high priestess consulting on the set and the script to make sure that the rituals and the chants and things that they did were as accurate as possible, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and I and I <laughs> wondered, I think that actually every time I watch this, well, maybe not every time, but at least like the last few times that I've watched it, I think that intro that they do um, yeah, with some of like, the magical items and mm-hmm. 
and like the zoom in and i was paying closer attention i think this time because they have that sequence um when they're you know putting crystals on the the pentagram and and um you know, I actually like know what some of those crystals are. And I was like, well, that that's like what you would generally use, you know, in a lot of um, uh, Wiccan rituals. If you're using crystals, you usually try to represent all four elements, mm-hmm. which, you know, we do, you know, see with the the four points of the, the compass and the, um, and the elements that are associated with each one. And there's, yeah, there's, obviously more than one crystal that's associated with each element, but that's you know, a pretty typical thing to have a representation of, you know, a crystal, sometimes a candle, you know, just kind of depending on what, what it is that you're doing. But I think this time, especially I noticed, especially when they show um, like those, when they show the altars and when they show that temple in the back of the magic shop, mm-hmm. just the way that it was, was set up. I was actually pretty impressed with that. So, so saying that they had an actual uh, Wigan high priestess doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Could, I, I could tell that they did, you know, at least a little bit of, of research because I think a lot of times, especially these days with um, like, you know, tarot is a much bigger thing, you know, than it has been for a while. It's much more mainstream and it'll pop up a lot of places. And sometimes it's just egregiously, being used incorrectly mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just so you're just like come on dude just read a book read a wikipedia entry <laughs> but um <laughs> it's, it's like eh, i don't like it yeah but so they completely made up the deity uh Mano, yeah. like completely fictional just for this movie so they wouldn't offend anybody and what they were trying to do um, but they wanted to be as realistic as possible with mm-hmm. the rituals and things so they brought in um, somebody to help with that, which I thought was really cool. Hmm. Apparently, Feruza Balk also purchased an occult shop while she was filming this because she it was the, she did. It was it's the oldest one in the United States, I think, and it was gonna the owner wanted to retire and it was gonna get turned into a Chinese restaurant. Oh no! <laughs> so she bought it so it would stay open. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. I, but like, I love stories like that. I think that's great. Yeah, that's that's a really nice. good one. All right. Matthew, were there any favorite moments that you had that you want to point out beyond the the few things that we've hit on already? I mean, I like I like that you like it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it did what make me laugh. The soundtrack. N- nothing to do with the film, but the fact that I'm watching Legend of Korra and it opens with them talking about like earth, fire, air, water. <laughs> And we just break into only the avatar can combine. <laughs> that was good. Okay. <laughs> um, I had forgotten that the, the the soundtrack is so good, and that that cover mm-hmm. of the Smith song was done for the craft, the one that went on to be the theme song for Charmed. Like they recorded oh, yeah. that for the craft. I don't and think I, didn't I realized that. Realize that, and every but like that song is. I hear that song and I think witchcraft every yeah. time. Like it just is, um, and so I, th- I thought that was really cool. Is this where I should admit I never watched Charmed? Like ever at all? Not, not even just like a couple episodes. No, no. low rent buffing. <sighs> I mean, I can't really. I mean, I get it. <laughs> it. It was not really aimed at you. That's true. <laughs> 
but um it's so good. okay here's here's a question matthew do you think if you had watched it like around the time it came out that you would have felt a different way about it i don't know <laughs> it's, I always, think, it's always worth an ask i think probably not too much but for very different reasons i think and I don't know a better way of saying this because it's way too late at night for me to phrase this better. But <laughs> the lack of humor would have put me off. Like I've okay. enjoyed other films like this, but I yeah. hu- humor is my way into things. I want to enjoy my right. time in that universe or, or with that story. So, like, it takes itself very, very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> That's not not yeah. great for me. That's fair. Hmm. Okay. Whereas now I have whole other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about you, Rachel? You told us Joe's favorite things. What are yours? Um, well, I mean, I'd say probably one of them is, would be the way that, you know, the witches are depicted, you know, as, I mean, on the one hand, as, you know, individuals, I mean, they are, you know, very different. You know, sometimes I think, you know, witches are just like, they're just a group of women. They're interchangeable Mm. and they're up to no good, you know, um, so I think you know, that they're individual and, you know, and that, you know, they had other things going on besides just. They're more than just a witch. Being witches. Right. Yeah. You know, so obviously the, you know, the high school setting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just being intrigued by the content, but I felt like the way it's handled, it isn't cheesy you know even i say at the time that i first watched it when i didn't really have any you know uh, any i don't want to say real knowledge but i didn't have as much like you know knowledge about the reality of some of the things that they were depicting Mm -hmm. um that it it felt genuine if that makes sense like Mm. you know that they weren't they weren't making fun of it right you know they Mm. were just like you know this is a serious like you know it does take itself seriously and i think that's one of the reasons that i Mm enjoyed it and i still enjoy it um and that i think that theme that sense of female empowerment you know obviously i'm sure when i again when i first saw it i wouldn't have been able to articulate that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it wasn't something that you saw a lot and i mean i still honestly we don't see it enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's there aren't as many options for that as arguably there should be yeah. You know, and it's it's that there's not just one way to be, you know, because you kind of see that, well, if, you know, you've got to be like a badass woman. Well, they are badass, but they're also, you know, feminine. They have their own, you know, that's about mm-hmm. their own power and, you know, getting, using, no, they don't always use it appropriately. <laughs> but, but again, that adds to the, to the realness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big draw for me. But, um, and also the performances, I think I really just enjoyed the performances. You're absolutely right. A lot of the, the films you'd point at as being sort of female powerful films or powerful women films are powerful in male terms. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is very strong and can fight very well and so on. This does it in a different way and learning through relationships and the bonds you form with other people. Yeah. Mm. Which is, I mean, that's how Pratchett writes the difference between witches and wizards. Witches, witches, no magic, 
enough not to use it. And wizards know a lot of magic, but don't know not to use it. <laughs> like, that's that's what he writes over 15 yeah. books or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have not yet read any Pratchett, so. <gasps> okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Apart from Good Omens, that that was, you know, co-written. So, I feel like I've read more than just that, but I can't think off the top of my head what else of his I've read. So maybe I haven't. Maybe I'm just aware of his stuff. Mm. Well, his first first proper book is Equal Rights. So the th- it's I think like the third book in the series, but but rights R I T E S. That's an equal oh, okay. passage, and uh, it's about um, the uh, the seventh son is going is always going to be a wizard, but what if the the seventh son is actually a girl, <laughs> and oh. and the witch has to try and look after this girl and like help her become a witch, but she's got wizardly powers, so she ends up taking her and trying to get her enrolled in the witch in the wizards university. Neat, mm, very good. And that does seem right up my alley. <laughs> well it worth it and it's a good jumping off point anyway Mandy sorry I'm taking us way off track <laughs> so uh, yeah. Mandy go you very much wanted me to watch this so this is your chance well I mean I've been gushing about the movie the whole time so I don't think there's anything else I can say that's going to change your mind which is fine you know we all like different things there are plenty of movies that you love that I haven't been fans of but I think I think my favorite thing about this that's not the female friendship and empowerment aspect of it, which which was huge, um, is Faruza Balk's performance. Like, watching her transformation from the beginning of the movie to the end is incredible. And I think she showed way more range than any of the others yeah. did as far as acting. I mean, I think the cast was phenomenal. They had wonderful chemistry with each other. But watching her kind of drive herself crazy with power... Mm-hmm was fascinating to me hmm. and she did it really really well but i just really like Faruza balk too so and yes you're ab- absolutely right she was mildred hubble in the tim curry film of the worst witch she was hmm. yes i feel like i'm gonna need to watch that i'm not sure how i haven't seen that but <laughs> i should probably watch that they're great they're really good stories i think there's a new series on netflix maybe yes. he says Yes, haven't seen it, but there is. Okay. Because oh. mm. I need more things on Netflix that I, you know, haven't watched yet. <laughs> That's why you I- just keep everything in your list and you rewatch things you've already seen. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what is happening. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. So, yeah. Yep. I was surprised by how much I didn't know three out of the four leads. I, I think I just expected I would have been like, oh, yeah, she ends up in Criminal Minds and she ends up in something and like just a bit. But you weren't familiar it. with. Wait. So hang on. Which one were you familiar with then? Well, Neve Campbell. OK. <laughs> the really famous one. <laughs> I mean, she's no more famous than Faruza Bach to me. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, okay, what she did the Scream franchise, so. Fruza Balk was in The Waterboy. Oh, oh well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, we can't even get through that without laughing. <laughs> like proximity to Adam Sandler's. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. 
I just I've always known who she was. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nev Campbell did go on to be the most well known of those. Well, and but. even at this point was. I think she'd already done Party of Five and stuff. Like, yeah, she'd already done Party yeah. of Five, and Scream came out the same year. Oh right, okay. Um, and interestingly enough, Skeet Ulrich was in both of like mm-hmm. this movie and that movie as well. I feel like yeah, Skeet Ulrich and uh, Breckenmeyer are like the, and I guess Nev Campbell, honestly, if you're honest about it, are like the the '90s things about mm-hmm. this movie you just go oh well it's got nev campbell it's get Ulrich and breck and meyer high they're in high school and it's a t- yeah yeah it doesn't 90s. get any more 90s than that yeah that is definitely like every breck and meyer. i'm like oh god <laughs> he's yeah he's just one of those i forgot that his character was so bad in this though because i like breck and meyer yeah i do too yeah, but, but he's not awful. in this and i used to like skeet Ulrich, and i think it's just because when I was in high school, I thought he was ridiculously attractive, but I've not seen him play a character that I don't hate. Right. Yeah, I was trying to think of, you know, if I've seen Skeet Ulrich and things that I didn't hate the character. And like, there has to be something, but I can't think of it. Mm-mm. The ones he's most known for are these terrible ones. Yeah, they're awful. Yeah. And All he right. chose the name Skeet Ulrich and performed in films with that name, so... Frankly. <laughs> oh my god, I did not know he chose that name. His real name I, is Brian Ray Trout. Yeah, I couldn't decide whether like Skeet Ulrich is such a name <laughs> a, a a whatever adjective word you want to choose name uh, that he it's a had 90s to have name. chosen it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or if it's such an adjective name that it could only have been put on him by like hippie dippy parents or something. <laughs> And then you would maybe want to change it. Yeah, well, exactly. That's the thing. If your name was Skeet Orange, you change it to, you know, Brian Trout. It, it just, yeah, it's kind of a weird, because the Skeet sounds like... Skeeble. <laughs> sounds like he grew up in Detroit, but I don't know about Ulrich. Like, it's a weird Ulrich was his stepfather's last name. Okay, that makes sense. So that makes sense, but I don't know where the... I mean, it also sounds like, you know, it was just like a nickname, and he's like, I'm... I'm going to use that as my professional name. and, mm-hmm. and uh, Apparently his Little League coach nicknamed him Skeeter because of his small stature. So like a mosquito? Maybe. <laughs> like that's, I mean, is, is that not Manny? Is that not like Skeeter? Isn't that yeah. like mosquito? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. Yep. Crazy. I don't All think right. I'd be proud of that nickname, but that's just me. We you have know, talked way more about, about Ski Torres than I expected. We <laughs> I think we talked more about him than we did the movie. <laughs> so I think what I'm going to ask for from our listeners is please tell us what Skeet Ulrich roles there are where he hasn't played a really terrible human being. There has to be one, right? Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> mm. So please tell us those things. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can send an email to podcast at eloquentgushing.com. I am Mandy Kay, and you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay. And I'm Matthew Vose. I'm on Twitter at Matthew Vose. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for coming defending the film. It was very, very, very useful and good having you here. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm always happy to you know, pop in. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter, and I'm double checking because it's been a Monday. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at farflunghope five, and um, I'm also on Instagram. But um, I feel like I'm 
really more on Twitter, so we'll just go. Yeah. <laughs> What is Instagram? Just, but don't look at me. <laughs> well, it's mostly cats. I mean, it's on. It's just cats. So, oh, that's the best kind of Instagram. <laughs> I should start. I should start doing that. Hey, go on Instagram. Follow at Lex and Kira to watch my kittens. Frankly, they got their own Instagram account because <laughs> I, ha- yeah. I I know what my friends would say if I posted too many pictures. So they get their own account. Frankly, um, <laughs> pop culture deprived is completely funded by. I'm going to skip right over. Pop culture deprived is completely funded by our wonderful listeners through Patreon. Anything you can give, it gives access to exclusive shows, bonus shows, all the stuff I talk about every week. You get physical merch you get our undying love and affection and you get to have the warm feeling in your heart that you are supporting the network and developing all our wonderful shows if you want to find out more you can visit patreon.com slash eloquent gushing and we will be back next week with another episode where we are going to finally talk about john wick three <laughs> until then i am mandy k and we are the weirdos mister Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, visit eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at eloquentgushing.